Extra Extra is the episode of Down the Rabbit Hole for today, episode number 12. Hello, Carl. Good morning, Rafa. How are you? I'm fine. He's just waiting for a new episode. Uh, after the, the last two episodes we had about artificial intelligence. Uh, of course. Well, we kind of got ahead of ourselves a little bit, didn't we? With mm, a bit. Kind of building up a backlog of programs. It's uh -huh. been, been useful. Oh, it has been. It's given us a bit of room mm -hmm. for maneuver. And since the beginning of the year, uh, we have been having a lot of science news. A mm -hmm. lot of development. Yeah. And this is... I don't know if it has to be related with science, specifically news, mm. but certainly has to do with information security. Yeah. And related to Apple and the fact that the FBI in general uh, national security from the US yeah. wants to be able to hack into or to be able to access yeah. the confidential information from an iPhone yes and uh, I mean we've discussed this separately haven't we about um, obviously Apple made a big fuss about it because they were kind of spreading the idea that the government were asking for a back door and that if they provide a backdoor, then obviously it will get abused. We know that governments can't resist yeah. abusing whatever power you give them ultimately. So uh, you can understand why Apple obviously wouldn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what you think. I know we've had a discussion about this before, but I kind of think I kind of understand where Apple are coming from, but I also understand where the government is coming from. And, of course. And really, to be a res I think you, Apple should, in my view, take a more responsible view and say, offer some service to their government or uh, agencies, which is you present the case to us through a legal framework as to why you need to access this information on this phone. A specific phone. On a case-by-case -case basis. Yes. And, and actually, I think that's going to be the final story, yes. Do you think so? Because actually, all this fuss started because of this case in the US. Mm. Of uh, this guy. the guy that made the... Um, Going postal on... Oh, those, yeah. no, it was that couple, wasn't it? The couple, yeah. the man and the woman. That were crazy, you know. Yeah, shooting up the... Shooting, yeah. People. <laughs> Is there any something else that doesn't happen that often in the US? Yeah. Lots of shootings, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's the most common. Yeah. Well, there are more guns than people. So. Mm -hmm. so everything is based on this case. Yeah. So actually, Apple was saying that while they could right now offer the possibility of uh, opening or cracking, let's say, that phone, yeah. uh, they would still reject a general backdoor in all iPhones. Which is fair enough. I yes. agree with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have to be protected from our governments. That's why I said that I think it's going to end up everything on that way. Case by case. Case by case. Yeah. Apple might help uh, retrieve information from phones, yeah. but it should not be a general thing because in the end, it's a violation of privacy. Yeah. And you and are... You never know what information can be used for and by who. And... Yeah, we know, you know, yeah. that old saying of um, power corrupts, total power corrupts, absolutely. absolutely. Something like that. Absolute um, power corrupts, absolutely. That's the one, that's the one. Um, and there, is just, there have just been too many examples uh -huh. of, of governments 
overstepping the mark and kind of forgetting to tell people what they were doing. And there's another thing. Yeah. Uh, potentially, mm. this backdoor yeah. can leak. Yeah. I am too. Or right? it's going to get exploited yeah. by other people. Yeah. Other unsavory yeah. types. Let's say by the bad guys. Yeah. Or the, yeah. One man, one man's bad guys is another man's freedom fighter. Exactly. Right? So it's it's all <laughs> it's all relative moralism. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if you recall, we had a conversation with somebody else. There were three of us talking about this, uh-huh. and uh, and one of the, or maybe you weren't there. I, I can't quite remember. But one of the things came up, which something I agreed with as well, was that. You know this kind of uh, conspiracy theory uh-huh. that, that there has been for many years about um, that uh, the the flying saucer UFO uh-huh. whole thing, particularly in the US, but generally worldwide, is actually a distraction policy to distract people from. Um, uh, shall we say, wanting to know more about experimental aircraft and stuff like this. So they classed everything as UFOs and encouraged that and little green men and all this stuff. Uh, there is a school of thought, which I can understand as well, which is that if companies like Apple and the US government make lots and lots of fuss in public about how, say, particularly Apple phones are uncrackable you can't uh-huh. if you're in data's on there nobody's ever going to get to see it uh-huh. when of course probably in reality you have some black ops skunk works lab somewhere where actually they're just cracking them on a regular basis but what <laughs> but what they'd like to do is encourage <clears throat> kind of bad yeah. bad hat players to use those products well they then, have to right now because Apple has a history of data uh, gathering, farming. collecting, farming from yeah. users. From users, right. But so, all, yeah, it's highly amusing that it's all right for them to gather everything about your life and yeah. selling it or using it to... In fact, that's how the so-called encryption of the iPhone and mm. the security of it started. Mm. Because they were exposed. Yeah about even geolocations and everything that you have been done. And they didn't even want anybody if you had else it to off, it. Even yeah. if you didn't want to have it, <laughs> right. there was a file off. inside that was containing all your history there of yeah. where you have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, But exclusively that, for their use, right? Uh, of course, that's what they claim. Yeah. But exactly after that event yeah. is when all this encryption and work on the iPhone to be more secure mm. started. Mm. And that's when federal government started to... because. This story about uh, uh, Apple government and so on has been going yeah, it's been on, rumbling. And on and off. It's been rumbling. Yeah. And of course, other tech companies are watching it very closely. And uh, mm-hmm. it's an interesting topic, but we don't want to go on yeah. too much about it. I think we can move to the first, and I think has been the biggest revelation, one of the biggest uh, discoveries so far this so year. Far this year which is the gravitational waves. Yes, the LIGO experiment, uh-huh. right? That is obviously um, seen as confirmation of Einstein's general theory of uh-huh. relativity, where he 
predicted that gravity waves should exist way back in the early to mid uh, 20th century. And, uh-huh. and of course, our ability to make that measurement uh, has only recently, literally in the last 10 years, really, have we been able to actually build an experiment that could stand a chance of measuring it. And, and that because of this experiment and this detection mm-hmm. has led to so many new discoveries and experiments immediately. It's, it's barely one month or something like that yeah. since this happened. And we already have lots of new experiments and ideas. Well, and It is a new form of astronomy, yeah. isn't it, mm-hmm, in a way? Mm-hmm. Um, and the detector that they have got, in these two are in the US, um, and they use this L-shaped... Uh, instrument with uh-huh. each arm of the L is about four kilometers long, I think. Mm-hmm. And they split a laser and shine it down the two arms and then recombine it and then look for kind of jitter uh-huh. in the interference of the two of the two of them of the two return waves. And and that's how and they are looking for a measurement which is like a fraction of the width of an atom or something. The one. Th- one thousandth of the size of an atomic uh, nucleus. There you go. Yeah. Which, as we know, is pretty small. Right? <laughs> Extremely small, I'd say. And uh, <clears throat> they were able to detect it. Hmm. And the detection came, or let's say they are saying that the waves were detected because of the collision of two uh, black holes. Two black holes. Yeah. What? By itself, it's already, you know... A massive event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which shows you, obviously... How many uh, things you're unaware of. <laughs> well, one, we're unaware of them, and number two, in a way, how, shall we say, relatively speaking, insensitive this instrument is, and yet is at the very limit mm-hmm. of what we're currently capable of doing. Yeah, but this was just the first. Yeah, of course. But the first. Even now, China has like 10 experiments based already in this. I wouldn't expect anything less. You would probably be able to buy one of these on eBay next year. <laughs> <laughs> Run your own LIGO experiments in your back garden, right? Now, this has led also to others, or other more sci-fi, if you want to call it, uh, uh, theories yeah. about the ripple of time oh, and right. uh, reality. We love a ripple of time story, don't we? Yeah. We do. Can you tell us more about it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather you do that. Well, the story was that uh, in one of the experiments, they wanted to see how much uh, uh, these were tried to detect mm-hmm. if there was a ripple. Oh, the jitter. Yes, the jitter. Oh, you, you mean the holographic universe? Theory? Yes, that we are actually oh, yeah. living in a holographic in a hol- thing. Mm. That is fascinating, actually. Yeah. And, and uh, also the fact that this could uh, create or provoke uh, uh, or be used for time traveling. <laughs> that was another, oh, you know, right. thing that immediately started I to... I missed that one. I mean, the uh, the holographic universe one is, is fascinating. It's fascinating. In that, I'm sure most people have seen a hologram just about every credit card has what's called a reflection hologram on it. You know, the little... I know, the, exper- the experiment, there's an experiment you can do with uh, plastic. Yeah. Uh, you create a, like a sh- pyramid shape uh, structure, cut the top of the pyramid, mm-hmm. like if it would be like a um, Aztec pyramid mm-hmm. style, let's mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. 
you put it over your phone, and there are special YouTube videos called <laughs> Holographic. Really? What it does is the video itself of YouTube has the same image mm. uh, shaped or po- put in the four extremes of the screen. Uh, yeah. And what it does is that projects this uh, plastic, can be any plastic, uh-huh. makes a projection of the image in the center of it, of the pyramid, no of the pyramid way. there. And you see the holographic projection no. in the middle. Yes. Have you have you tried it? No, but I want to try it because that's a very no, good experiment. I want to try it. That's a very good experiment for doing with my daughter. Yes, and I want to also maybe uh, you know. Uh, it's fascinating. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's very easy to, to yeah. find the instructions online. I uh, will do that afterwards. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. But they they just going back to the holographic. Obviously, the thing about hologram is that, and I've been fascinated by holographic techniques mm-hmm. for years actually, but. Um, in fact, I remember buying a book about how to make holograms back in about 1982 or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, um, the thing about a hologram is that it's a way of recording three-dimensional information on a two-dimensional plane, right? So obviously uh-huh. the the recording that creates the three-dimensional image is itself a two-dimensional surface, right? And this concept of a holographic universe, what it what it says is that the information that the three dimensional information that obviously we we experience perceive. as reality, mm-hmm. the two the, that three dimensional information is actually held as two dimensional information on the surface of the universe. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine the universe is like a, a soap bubble kind of thing, we're inside the soap bubble experiencing this three-dimensional reality, but all the information that defines that is actually on the surface of the bubble, and we're, yeah. all, and we're all projections of it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that, That's why I explained the Google experiment, yeah. because it's exactly like that. If yeah. they find that ripple, we're in the middle... Yeah. That means there exist other yeah. sites around. Well, this this uh, experiment, in fact, there is an experiment that I believe has been been attached to one of the LIGO experiments, which is to detect this. Uh, they're looking for quanta uh, steps in mm-hmm. the something to do with the jitter of the signal, and mm-hmm. if they, if they find that, then that is the first direct evidence that we actually live in this holographic. You know, it probably explains why I feel somewhat vague from time to time. Yeah, that, that's why they say actually about the, uh, that this can be like a ripple in space time. Right. You know, right. Uh, probably our understanding of the universe and ourselves and our yeah. existence itself. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, it would change. Would obviously. change completely. Yeah. <laughs> Again. (laughs) One more time. (laughs) One more time with feeling, right? Yeah, so very interesting, all this gravity wave stuff. Yeah. And uh, And actually, maybe we can jump to something that became related. Yeah. Which was because of that. Planet Nine. Planet Nine. (laughs) Now it's been called Planet Ninth, Planet Nine, uh, the new planet, the Mm. whatever. 
most of the people call it Planet Nine. I think I'm going to stick with Planet Nine. Yeah, uh, I think he's... Uh, until they come up with some kind of cool name, which no doubt they'll have to crowdfund uh-huh. now or source or something. So because of these uh, gravitational waves, mm. it has been immediately detected also that there's another object. There's a something. Really? Creating. That's why they actually the existence of the Planet Nine was detected. I thought I... I'm reluctant to disagree with you, but because uh, you're very close to me, you can take a swing uh-huh. at me. But I thought uh, it was originally, um, shall we say, inferred that there must be another object because of uh, some guys who were actually making observations in the either the Kuiper belt or the asteroid belt. Yes. And they noticed that the movements of some of the objects in either the cargo belt or the asteroid belt could only be accounted the, the for gra- the if there was another body. Yeah. yeah, but it was... These were straightforward kind of optical measurements. And actually, the thing is that right now they have been trying to uh, reduce the the area... To look for it. Right? To look for it, because mm. it must have a very long uh, orbit around the sun. They, they're saying 50,000 years or something. The, something like that, the, I believe. The orbital it's, period. I think it was 25 times Saturn or something like that they were saying. What the, or Uranus, I think. Well, the the, peri- the orbital period, you mean? Yeah. And it's very, very eccentric, so it's like uh, it goes way out. Way out and, and then, returns. And then loops in. Now, imagine something like that if we would be capable of actually seeing the planet in a close range. or what, you when mean it's in, when it came in? When it comes in. Yeah. Well. I think that will be one of the biggest events. Yeah, but who knows? I, I have not heard. I'm surprised there isn't a conspiracy theory about it already. I'm, there is already. I'm very disappointed. Oh, there is one. They're, they are linking it to Nibiru. Oh, of course they are, right? But they know that those guys from the Nibiru and Planet X are always... They're, they're, the latest things they attach it to them. Yeah, they just latch onto it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we told you there was yeah. one, and it's coming back. It's, <laughs> we're all doomed, right? Uh, because, yeah, the thing that interested me was, was if it swings into what we, you know, the inner solar system. The inner, uh-huh. I don't know. I can't quite remember from the orbit information I've seen how far in they think it comes. But I, I just wonder whether, as it passes through, whether that triggers various... Known disasters, right? Exactly. That was my thought. Yeah. Has anybody, you know... Surely Human catastrophes. Surely there's a conspiracy site that links there it together. There should be, for sure. Yeah. yeah we, we haven't got time to find it. Right? But yeah. maybe we'll come back to it when we see Actually, more. I found out the data. Uh, they are saying that they are tra- considering that planet, uh, planet 9 mm. orbits at a distance of 20 times further away from Earth than Neptune. That's its farthest point. Yeah. But so, I, I couldn't quite figure out how far in it comes when it comes in. Yeah. <laughs> there was a very funny quote at the end. So to any amateur astronomers who are still butthurt about Pluto's demotion to dwarf planet status, feel free to grab a telescope and start looking. That's a a very (laughs) odd choice of language. Yes. (laughs) Shall we move on? Yes. Well, let's go now to... What about... Let's go with some medicine. 
Yeah, a bit of a medical. Scientists news. have just invented a mm. foam that can repair and regrow regenerating bones. That's a little bit sci-fi, isn't it? Yeah, Do but ima- imagine the uh, the benefits of this. Well, yeah, what they've done is they've taken a fairly common kind of uh, cement, calcium phosphate cement, which is used uh-huh. already. Yes. And they've what they've done is they've coupled it with a foaming agent. So it's, uh-huh. it foams and obviously expands into the space it's put into. Yes. And then clearly, obviously, as it uh, hardens, it then acts as a, um, a framework for bone cells to grow on. And strangely enough, I had a... Um, I had a crown, a um, some dental work, yeah, done, uh-huh. and I had to have some of this stuff cement s- uh-huh. injected to form new bone yeah. because I was having an implant. Uh-huh. And this is a development using that kind of material. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things that occurred to me as we were discussing is, uh, as you said, obviously osteoporosis is a problem yes. for a lot of old people. That can help strengthen the bone. Yeah. But... Also, what about long-term space travel, which of course causes, causes osteoporosis? Yes, of course. So maybe there's a you know there's a and lots of calcium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's a very interesting, yeah. very interesting area, isn't it? It's amazing yeah. what developments there are in these fields, right? And on a sci-fi part, yeah. Once they have this technique developed and correctly established, maybe they would try to uh, try other materials. You know, what? something like adamantium wool, wool style. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Do you know? I knew if we talked about it long enough, yeah, that would come we, on, we right? did some time yeah. ago. Yeah, and well, the other thing that occurred to me was: could you actually replace an entire bone with this lightweight, lightweight material? Yeah. What if what if you replaced all your major bones in your body with this lightweight material? Would you float? That, that's an interesting question. What what our listeners think? Do you think yeah. that if your bones, your main, the biggest bones, are the heavier ones like yeah. the femur and yeah. humerus, were replaced with this foamy, with this bone. foamy bone? Would, would you will be of course lighter? Yeah. But if suddenly most of your bones would be replaced, would you have the capacity of flying? If you could then graft or a pair of wings, or glide, right? yeah, glide. Well, you know these uh, these uh, skydivers that use these um, wingsuits, the wingsuits. Uh-huh. They got the bones replaced. They'd fly a lot further. Of course, they could stay themselves floating a lot and gliding around. Gliding around, right? I've got a feeling it's not as simple as we think. No, because there's be. all kinds of capillaries and. They, uh, blood vessels going through going also through and so on yeah. all that other stuff going on there mm-hmm. we're just coming from ignorance aren't we which is <laughs> which is where we prefer well, to come from yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just trying to do some sci-fi as well yeah if it's one thing about this show is that we never let the facts get in the way of an opinion do we no well <laughs> we, we, forget about bone marrow <laughs> that, Yeah, we just got a special comment saying, we just forgot the bone bone marrow. Well, that's exactly where our ignorance comes in. Exactly. It allows us to do all kinds of things that aren't possible. But remember that the show is also about sci-fi. Exactly. 
So, so we're stretching that was it. the sci-fi part. Yeah, we're stretching it. Yeah. yeah, we started with the science one here with the bone, with the repairing, and now and we developed to a sci-fi idea. Yeah, exactly. Maybe somebody will make a book about it after what we said today. But why not? Yeah, yeah. You will sit in a movie in we'll, Hollywood. We'll let him have that for nothing. Uh huh. <laughs> that's that's the one idea for nothing today. You will have to give us some credit as yeah, well, please. <laughs> and but what else? Well. We have the fact that... Uh, oh, this new uh, study. About optogenetics. Mm, that is interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, that is this thing of um, where they took some mice uh-huh. and they basically gave them a cocaine-rich cocaine. environment. Uh-huh. Um, so they were kind of getting addicted to cocaine. They were addicted And while they were in that environment, the scientists doing the study identified the brain cells that were being utilized while they were in that environment. And they then, um, when they were taken out of the environment, um, if they were shown or put back into the environment with cocaine Uh in it, they would go for the cocaine. But the scientists had also implanted uh, optical fibers into the mice brains shining onto the yeah. cells that were associated yeah, with the they're behavior. they're targeting the neurons. Yeah, that were associated with the behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when they illuminated the brain cell, it broke the behavior of the mice related to the uh-huh. cocaine. Which and, is and created new connections? Or broke, or or broke old ones. the old ones? Yeah. Allowing them to move away from... Modify the behavior. The behavior and yeah. getting away from the addiction. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you could try it at home with some optical fiber, a very small <laughs> yeah. drill. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, again, another interesting yeah. another interesting mm-hmm. concept, isn't it? I don't know where they're going to go with it, but... Um, well... Maybe it can be used for therapies, for treating uh, all kind of... Junkies. Uh, yeah. Does anybody and use that word anymore? Treatment, I don't know. Junkie. That's a bit 60s, isn't it? I think it's still used. Okay. Shall we move on? Yeah. Uh, flying cars. Flying cars. As you know... Yeah. As you know... One of my biggest disappointments about the future, which we live in... There are no flying cars, No right? flying cars and no jetpacks, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Still, they keep promising these things, but... Back in 84... Back in 84... When that guy appeared in the Los Angeles Stadium in the inauguration of the Oh, Olympics, yeah, with the, with the James with Bond the jet thing. jetpack, you know. Do you know, you can still buy those, but the problem with them is they only work for 30 seconds. You can only get 30 seconds flight out of them. Yes, but that was like a promising future there you know yeah wow a guy came flying into the yeah. stadium in a jetpack emphasis on promise there yeah and now unfulfilled 2016 no yeah. jetpacks yet no jetpacks but we have got that guy that french guy who's really cool with the four little jet engines on his wingsuit thing uh-huh. you've seen the guy right yes, yes he has this rigid wing setup uh-huh. they call him the Birdman or something don't they uh-huh ah, which is he's uh, a cool guy yeah i mean he is an airline pilot 
So now, uh, I, anyway, yeah. what, you said that where was this company from? Uh, oh, they're from Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe, somewhere. See, there's something like Czechoslovakia or Poland or something. Uh huh. They made this uh, prototype yeah. of flying car. Yeah. And they have done real testing flying it since 2004. Oh, they have been flying it. Yeah, I've seen videos. A lot. Before. Yeah. So the car, uh, the wings, mm. uh, con- uh, retract to the back. Yeah. creating the full shape of a car yeah. that can go on a highway, has the same shape and size of a well, SUV, maybe. Yeah, a bizarre-looking SUV. Yeah, uh, obviously because of the wings and the yeah. shape and all. Yeah. But you can also take off oh, with right. it. The wings expand back yeah. and psh, you yeah. can take off. And um, it is a very interesting project. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know whether it's classed as a microlight, which is a class of yeah. aircraft that is. Uh-huh. Agile, I'm not sure it can be because it, if it is a car, it it's going to weigh the a bit. Engine and it's going to have an engine. Really, but I, I think it uses the same engine for the wheels and for the prop for both. Um, then you start because uh, if I remember, they said that it uses normal gasoline. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. What will be the consumption of that? Yeah, <laughs> because they are claiming. To be able to be on the market, yeah, next year, retail market next year, next year. So we have to, we will have to wait probably one more year to see if it's true or not. We will, uh, but of course, yeah, of course, the European Union could probably stop all that because obviously there's no regulation, right? It's a bit of fun, right? So it's got to be stopped immediately. <laughs> yeah. um, well, there's an issue there as well, mm. besides the fact that there's no regulation for flying cars mm. and. Everybody will start to freak out also because the bad part of it. Well, what if there's no fuel and falls down? Uh, well, I'm sure it... Well, Over a populated area. Uh, yeah, but one of the, as far as I understand it, one of the um, things they have to satisfy is that when there's an engine failure or whatever, uh, that it can glide. to a Glide. Landing. And... has to be able to glide to a controlled landing. Ooh. So it can't just engine fail, uh-huh. drops out of the sky like a helicopter. Uh-huh. Uh, and case in point, you may have noticed there are things called helicopters. Yeah. And when those things stop yeah. fanning around, they, they don't, just, ex- they don't just stop in the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they tend to draw like a huge brick. Right? <laughs> so, so there's obviously legislation that allows for things yeah. to drop from the sky, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> so it can't be that difficult. But, yeah. But I don't know about you, right, but... When I was a kid and I thought about flying cars, I wasn't thinking about things with wings. No, without wings. We we know they shouldn't Ma- have Maybe wings, with right? engines, you know, like turned down, like uh, yeah, vertical, into proportion. Vertical takeoff yeah. or some other anti-gravity thing. Like uh, in Star Wars, again, those... Uh, you raised Star Wars, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I thought we were going to get through this without that. No. Sorry. We can't. Sorry, listeners. Rafa is obsessed with Star Wars. <laughs> So um, yeah, so that's that's flying cars, right? Yep, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, and what about also? Uh, especially, I think was this week. Yeah, there were the news about uh, this recording by Apollo ten astronauts Only listening just to released. music while they were uh, or, out, or they heard what they thought was space music. Space music, yeah. At the time, they probably said space music, man. Mm-hmm. And like an article was saying, the first reaction of everybody was uh, aliens. Of course. And of course, there were others that started. 
not aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah. So, so yeah, the the odd thing about it for me was was that it, this has only recently come to light, and it was Apollo ten, which was uh-huh. nineteen sixty eight or early nineteen sixty nine. Obviously, there was a one before the moon landing, uh-huh. which was eleven. And I can say that with some authority because I was there. Um, I watched it on the TV. And I remember Apollo 10. Of course, none of this was mentioned. And it was interesting, the recorded conversation they had where they were saying, should we tell uh, Houston? And they decided, well, we need to think about that because they were all Uh scared to death that they wouldn't get to fly again if they mentioned it, Um, which is interesting. Oh, it was May 69, right? Um, and the official explanation is that it's almost certainly interference between FM radios. Uh Of course, now, of course, most, well, a lot of radio is digital, and you wouldn't get that kind of interference. But then, this is, you know, the technology was Mm -hmm. on on the edge for the time, but still pretty pretty basic FM radio, right? I think that, like you said, this kind of interfer- interference between waves yeah. was probably not something that everybody would be used to yeah. listen and hear. And they had multiple transmitters on the... All the time. They had one in know, the command module, one the in the The technology was not exactly yeah. perfect. Yeah. I think, in fact, uh, these uh, Apollo missions were very... Right on the edge. Right? On the edge and very... Totally. Just betting on something. Well, it was a, it was estimated at the time yeah. that the chances of them getting to the moon and back safely was only fractionally better than fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. So that's how <laughs> on the, the edge on the edge was. And if we, put, for example, now that we were also talking about the gravitational waves, mm. there's a recording of great, the sound. Great, great segue there. It was. It's very nice. The recording. You hear that. Yeah. Like dripping of water or we I don't can't, know. We can't play it, can we? Uh, yes, we can play it can now. Can we play it? Let's listen to it. Okay, now that was the sound. Very interesting, isn't it? Very sci-fi, yeah. I think. But, uh, okay, now let's listen to it again and let's maybe comment over uh, it. Yeah. And let's see what... That is a very interesting... Yeah, sound. when you hear that... Bleep. And that chirp is apparently a gravity wave detection. Uh-huh. If you listen to it now. The blick. But the sound generally is really quite out there, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. Very, very interesting sound. Very interesting sound. Uh, Some people started to say that they wanted this as their new ringtone. (laughs) What do you think? Uh, Will it work as a ringtone? (laughs) Well, I think it needs a rhythm, right? Yeah. But, I don't know. I can't see it charting. But just like this gravitational sound happened, hmm. 
we could have uh, Apollo could have had sounds that were not familiar with. Exactly, they they weren't. Although I I read something that said that the the astronauts themselves were fairly used to a range of sounds that they would hear because the training included uh-huh. various scenarios. So, f- yeah, but even it would seem even they were surprised, I suppose. But they were behind uh-huh. the moon, weren't they? So, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> obviously, mm-hmm. it wasn't. I mean, you've you've heard the sounds, right, from the the recordings. It's just, uh-huh. it's fairly innocuous to me. I can't. It just seems like interference between oscillators or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, let's see you, if you we can it? hear now. Yeah. And it needs to keep it sound out of space, doesn't it? You hear that? That whistling sound. In their headsets, it sounded like a woo-woo kind of a noise. Yeah. Sounds like... I mean, yeah. it's a nice, interesting sound. Uh-huh. It? But, uh, yeah, music. Ooh, and, uh, you know... Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing you hear on a shortwave radio, right? Uh-huh. You, you remember shortwave, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. You can hear that stuff. The waves can just go... You can hear that stuff every night and every morning. You know, it's called the dawn chorus, where you have mm-hmm. the troposphere is um, bouncing about and you get all these weird effects. Uh-huh, so, exactly. You know. Anyway. Okay. Some well, interesting things there. Mm-hmm. And for sure, if there were more, <clears throat> let us know. Mm. Write us some messages. Leave we're us your comments. We're always interested in interesting yeah. things. What, what do you think about all the stories we discussed today? Mm. Uh, recommend us more stories if you have some. Yeah. And just keep in touch. Uh, thanks for all the downloads we have had recently. Yeah. We have had a huge uh, uh, response, spike response yeah. uh, to the show. And we're going to come hopefully soon with new... Uh, new people coming, guests uh, yeah. to the show, and we've got a whole, a whole range of interesting topics coming. Mm-hmm. Up. So. Indeed. So, thank you, Carl. Thank you, Rafa. My name is Rafael Ruiz, and we talk to you next week. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Darkmind Radio 2016.